A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hey guys, on today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the connection between a mental block and laziness or making excuses or having a less than stellar work ethic. So if you struggle with this question, parents, you know, is this a mental block or is my kid just lacking work ethic? Then I really encourage you to check out my free training. You can register right now at completeperformancecoaching.com slash free. And it talks about in depth, the connection between motivation and fear. So I would love to have you go check that out if you are currently parenting an athlete with a mental block. So today I'm talking about, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions in aesthetic sports today, what work ethic has to do with fear, what it really takes to get through that mental block and how to keep your athlete accountable and moving forward, but also give them what they truly need from their coach and their parent. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey everybody, it's me, Coach Rebecca, and I don't know if you've been hanging out with me on Instagram at all over the last couple of days, but I've been a little bit fired up. And I just have to keep talking about this post that I saw that just, ooh, I don't want to use any bad words, but it made me mad. It made me very mad because there's some misinformation going around about mental blocks. And for those of you who are not familiar with mental blocks, that's that phenomenon where you have a skill. So you're a gymnast, you're a cheerleader, you're a figure skater. You know, you're one of those, I call them the dangerous sports, these beautiful, dangerous sports that we love so much that you you have this skill, this jump, this element, this tumbling pass. And then all of a sudden, randomly, you can't do it anymore. Okay. And this is something that I specialize in. This is something I experienced personally. This is something I've helped hundreds, but probably over at least over 1200 families work through this phenomenon. So then I see posts on Instagram from somebody who says that they are a mental coach, you know, that they read the research and what this post said, I'm going to read it to you. It says, you don't have a mental block. You have poor work ethic, period. That's what this post said. And so thank you to one of my beautiful audience members who sent me this post on Instagram was like, what do you think about this? And it gave me this nasty feeling in my stomach. You don't have a mental block. You have poor work ethic. That is basically in a nutshell, what every 
quote unquote, old school coach is telling their athletes, you don't have a mental block, you need to work harder. If you can't do this, it's because you're not trying. And then these parents at home are hearing these messages from their coach and going, well, if you're not trying, then why am I going to keep paying for this? And this is so stressful. So if you're not even out there working, then what is the point of this? So these poor kids who are like, the only thing that they know is that they used to be able to do this skill. And now when they try it, they freeze up. They don't know why they're bailing out. They're getting yelled at. And now they're in trouble from their coach and their parent. And the only reasonable answer they can come up with is, I'm not good. I am a failure. I can't do it. And so then they're getting from their coach, you need to work harder. From their parents, you need to work harder. Meanwhile, this kid walks into the gym and they are already stressed. Their mom just said, go get your skill today, honey, when they close the car door. So they're feeling the pressure of if I don't do this today, I'm my mom's going to be mad. They see their coach. They just want to hide. They go to that event. They get this pit of doom in their stomach because they don't know why this is happening. They just know it is. And everybody's mad at them about it. So they are so uncomfortable. They are working so hard just to hold it together, just to put on a smile. Okay, mom, see you at the end of practice okay, coach, I'll try it. And then they're cheering on their teammates. This kid is usually the kid who is so kind, so patient with her teammates. But when it gets to herself, she's so hard on herself that she she thinks I am a failure and I can't do this. The end. So Mr. Coach, whatever, <laughs> you have a poor work ethic period is just false. I was talking to my husband. He's like, oh, so Simone Biles has a poor work ethic. Is that what he means? Every single athlete who I have interviewed, Olympic gymnasts, collegiate NCAA superstars, every single kid I have ever talked to about gymnastics has experienced a mental block in one way or another. I do an exercise with kids in gyms. I go into gyms either on Zoom or in person, and I have everybody do this exercise. And one of the things I have them say is, if you have ever experienced a mental block, let's take a step forward. And I'm telling you, if not every single person steps forward, the great majority of kids, I have yet to see a gym where nobody stepped forward on that question because every single person has had the experience where they are wanting to do a skill and they're just not ready and their brain won't let them because there is this survival instinct that kicks in when you are doing crazy, dangerous things. Your brain is supposed to say, oops, stop, not ready yet. Don't do that. Don't touch the hot stove. Don't jump off that thing. Don't go backwards on that four inch balance beam. Your brain is supposed to do this. It is not because you're lazy. You are not making an excuse. So coaches, if you're out there listening to jerks like this guy and saying, well, then you just need to work harder. then all you're doing is creating additional threats for that poor kid who's just trying so hard to be able to be successful in the sport that they love. Okay, so that is my opening rant. Now, I've been working with a mom in the Perform Happy community. So that's our our membership program where we, we teach parents how to help their kids through mental blocks. And then when the kids are ready, we give them all the tools they need to be able to work through as well. Um, But so I'm working with this mom in here. And she was saying that her daughter's been having a really hard time. She's stuck on her series on beam. She's done it before. She hasn't been able to do it in weeks. She'll only do it on the medium beam. And unless she does it on the high beam, her effort is not being acknowledged. Okay. So the first thing I want to point out here with, you know, this conversation I was having with this mom, she's like, she's only acknowledged if she gets to the high beam. And then she also says she'll only do it on medium beam. Well, 
the person in me that's like, wait a second, this girl has not done this in weeks and she is on the medium beam. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. That is so exciting that she's able to get up there on a medium beam and successfully do the series that her brain thinks is too scary. She's finding some confidence there. This is good news. But then the coach is going, if you're not on the high beam, I don't really care what you're doing. That's not good enough. So then the the mom goes on to describe the coach a little bit. She says, this coach, which my daughter really respects has a hard coaching technique with lots of negative reinforcement and you should be able to do it. And if she wanted it bad enough, she wouldn't let the fear stop her mentality. Okay. So this is the same message. I get this jerk guide posting on Instagram yesterday. And then today she's like, this is what the coach is saying. If she wanted it bad enough, she wouldn't let the fear stop her. It's the exact same misconception. And it is the biggest derailer of progress that I see in these kids are coaches who are misinformed and don't understand and think that it's a work ethic issue. Okay, then I, you know, I talked to her about, well, you got to talk to the coach and I have a whole script within the Perform Happy Community, which is, it's like a whole episode on our Parenting the Fearful Athlete little mini course, all about how to talk to the coach in a way that allows the coach to feel heard because that is so important. We are not going to go in guns blazing and be like, you are a bad coach and you need to be different. And here I am in my soapbox and Rebecca said, and we're not going to stand for it. Although I would love for everyone to just raise their pitchforks and like, out with the negativity, but it's that's not reality. And we have to deal with humans and we have to help people understand. So we go in and we try to understand, hey coach, tell me what, you know, what's your theory for helping my kid build confidence? You know, what are the steps? What do you do? And what have you done in past experiences like this where you've been successful at helping the kid get their confidence back? Great. I'd love to understand. And then you find out, oh, well, you know, if you just push them, then they get up there or, you know, whatever their, their response is. And then, and then you go, okay, great. So I can see that we are on the same page. We, we all want her to do her series on the high beam. She wants to do it. I want her to do it. You want her to do it. We are on the same page. This is great. Same team, same goals. But what I'm noticing is with that method that you're trying, it actually is having the result of reducing confidence. You know, how can we work with who she is, even though, yeah, it sounds like that's worked for other kids. It's not seeming to work. What can we do? So we we give them a chance to feel really heard. We attempt to collaborate. Okay, but then this parent says, I don't feel comfortable telling her the way she's coaching isn't working for my daughter because she's a really good coach and has helped a lot of girls. Mine just doesn't respond to the type of coaching. So you lean with that. You are a really good coach. I see you helping lots of girls. So I want to work together to figure out how you can help my daughter also. You know, like let them know what they're doing right because that can help to drop the guard because ultimately what we need in order to get through this is collaboration, listening, understanding. That's the whole triad of the coach, the parent, and the athlete. Everyone has their perspective and everyone needs to feel understood in order to then drop their guard and start to work together because you have to all work together or this is not going to work. I've seen this over and over. The kid is more than willing to take our advice, but the parent is doing things wrong and the coach is doing things wrong. So the kid is staying stuck. Everyone has to work together. So you don't go in guns blazing. You go in wanting to understand. Okay, so here's what it really takes. Work ethic, yeah, it does, obviously, but that kid is already working harder than any of her teammates just to hold it together. So what it really takes to break through a mental block for good is the willingness to get out of your comfort zone. When I talk to kids on, we do a free consultation call. I talk to kids and I, and I say, 
You know, if you knew that you could get back all of those skills confidently and trust your process moving forward into bigger skills and higher levels, would you be willing to get out of your comfort zone to have that? And they're like, yes, I would, because they're already uncomfortable. But what we do is we shift instead of them trying to hold it together and pretend like they're okay, we have them communicate. We have them talk to their coaches. We have them, you know, get out of their comfort zone to consider leaving and going to an environment where they can be collaborated with. We encourage them to get out of their comfort zone and speak up when they're feeling scared. This is the biggest one to keep speaking up. So when that coach shuts down the mom or when that coach shuts down the kid, you keep speaking up. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. And I will tell every single kid, you know, you ask, okay, well, if that's not working, my brain is not letting that happen physically right now. Coach, could I try this? No. Okay. What about this? No. Okay. Could I try this? No. Can I try that? And then you get to the point where finally the coach, most reasonable coaches would say like, oh my gosh, stop talking. I don't care, you know, but you want to always be coming from this creative place instead of coach knows best, only coach knows you go to, well, actually I'm the one inhabiting this body and I'm the one that's got this brain running the show. So maybe I should consider coming up with some ideas that I could present to the coach that gives everybody something to work with. So you keep speaking up. Also, You have to be able to get out of your comfort zone to trust the process and take it slow, okay? When there are deadlines, like all you compulsory gymnasts are like under the gun right now. Maybe you've even had your first meet. The coaches are like, get your back walk over on the beam or you're out. If you don't get that giant, then you're in level six. If you don't, it's like all of those, if you don't have this by X date, then you do not reach your dream. It's very dramatic in the mind of an adolescent. So for for these kids to come in And we tell them like, no, slow and steady. Slower is actually faster because every time you rush, you hit a wall, you actually end up wrecking your confidence more than if you just plod along, focusing on being successful and communicating. So that's a risk and you have to get out of your comfort zone to go, you know what? I like, I need to hang out on low beam until my confidence is high enough that I can really get my brain on board for this slow progress in the beginning turns into exponential progress. Once all of the elements of the solution are in place. Okay. Also you have to get out of your comfort zone to be proud of your progress. Even when nobody else seems to be proud of you. When you get in the car and you have to say, mom, I didn't make it, but I did get a little farther and I did get rid of one of those panel mats and I did do it without my coach standing there. And I did this. Okay. And then maybe mom doesn't get it. And she's like, she's like, well, if you can't do it, then you can't compete. You're like, I know, but I'm really proud of myself because I got rid of that little yellow mat today. And that's progress. Okay. If your coach is yelling at you, well, if you are only on medium beam, then you can't blah, 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 blah. Then you go, in your mind, I did it on medium beam and I'm getting closer to my goal and I'm so proud of myself. And that is hard. But if you can start doing that, that will change your mindset and it will change the way you can relate to your coach. Okay. So it is very hard to do anything when you are in fight or flight. So any progress whatsoever should be really exciting. It is part of the path where you want to go. Okay. And then there's this thing where if it feels impossible, your effort goes away. So you might actually be seeing a quote unquote lazy kid who's not trying because it feels impossible because all those baby steps from where they are to where they want to be 
don't have any value. They're not good enough. You're not on the high beam. I don't care. You should be higher. You should be better. You should be farther along. So they look at that and they go, well, I have to climb this entire mountain before I get any compliments whatsoever. So I am failing and failing and failing and failing. The entire climb of that mountain, they are failing. They're feeling like they're not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. So even though they're putting in the work, they're doing these attempts, they're working on that skill. They are so hard on themselves through that whole climb that it's like they're climbing up the down escalator. They're like, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. So they cannot build their confidence faster than they're destroying it internally. Okay. So I want to tell you coaches and parents, coaches can be really good coaches. So that's what this mom is saying. She's a really good coach. She, she's really getting good technique out of these kids. You can be a really good coach and be flexible. You can be a really good coach and give positive reinforcement. You can be a really good coach and collaborate with athletes. Fun fact, I've interviewed quite a few Olympic gymnasts, but I want I want you to think, what are these four, for any um, really gymnastic trivia nerds, what do these four gymnasts have in common? Jonathan Horton, Simone Biles, Kyla Ross, Samantha Pezik. Okay, I've, I've interviewed them all and I love them. They are all Olympic medalists. And they all have coaches who are flexible, positive, and collaborative. And Jonathan Horton himself said, if your coach will not listen to you, get a better coach. So I know I always like to throw that out there because I want to hold coaches accountable. Okay, so then I talked to this mom. And don't worry, I'm not going to talk to you all day. I'm wrapping up here. I just, you know how passionate I get. I talked to this mom and was like, okay, well, if, if it feels like you can't talk to that coach because they're not going to listen, then that's a problem, right? So she started talking to this other coach she trusts. And she said, you know, I'm thinking about switching gyms. This other coach says, well, I don't think changing gyms would help because that would just allow her to compete whatever skills she wants and whatever level she wants, which would put her in control. She would end up losing her skills and stop progressing because she needs accountability. And I'm like, oh my gosh, when is putting an athlete in the driver's seat a big liability. These are kids who are 12, 13, 14 years old. They are on the independence track. They 100% should be in control of their sport. How is that a problem? And that mentality within that gym, even with the, you know, the nice coach tells me that these kids need to have some collaboration. They need to be able to have a voice because if they don't have a voice, then their brain is going to put on the brakes and freeze them up and keep them safe because their brain doesn't trust that they're going to be able to get themselves out of a scary situation because they're just going to clam up, okay? So if she had agency, if she had internal motivation, if she was motivated not by threats or punishment, but by her own successes and her own ability to get a little bit better every day, then she would have the freedom to have the career in her sport that she wants, that's on her terms, that's not based on somebody else saying she's good enough or not good enough. It's her saying, I want to get better at this, so I'm going to get better at this because I want to. When we remove that control and just tell kids, this is your path and this is the only way, we're actually beating them down and taking away their work ethic. We're taking away their motivation because it feels impossible. Okay. So there is my TED talk for today. Bottom line, mental blocks are real. There is a solution. It requires communication, collaboration, patience, understanding, 
And there is so much good information out there. So help yourself to find the good information and don't be distracted by people like him who are flippant and think that everyone just needs to get over it. This is something that mental blocks are a tip of the iceberg. What I notice is that these kids who have mental blocks, they have anxiety. They're people pleasers. They're type A. They're perfectionists. They really want to be incredible. They're typically quite talented. And what's going on is it's actually a faulty mindset. So that's what needs to be addressed. The mindset needs to be addressed, not the work ethic, because if you address the mindset, the work ethic will flow because they will start to believe in themselves again, and it will again be worth their while to try. Okay. (laughs) Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Please send me any things you find on the internet that you're like, this is bad. We need to combat this. Send them my way. I would love to debunk all of the myths that are out there so that we can take care of our precious little babies and give them a great sport experience. All right. I will see you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the perform happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.